You win some, you lose some, and some get rained out. This is something my mother would sometimes say to me when I shared a disappointment. Not only is it apropos for baseball, which is probably the inspiration for her quote, it's a great reminder and metaphor for you and me when it comes to life. Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the intersections of the psychology and emotions of money, as well as the math of it. Because, you know, these are the elements that impact your results, your feelings, and your experiences. I'm your host, Jaquette Timmons, and I am really, really glad that you've tuned in. Whether this is your first episode or you are coming back, I thank you. By the time this episode goes live, it will be April, and we will have certainly concluded March, which is Women's History Month. But I'm not quite done yet with my tribute series. Plus, my mother would have recently celebrated her 77th birthday. So I'm giving her and a few other women a shout out in today's episode. In episode 79, I shared how I inherited my love of music from my mother. The same is true of my love for the Yankees. I was five years old when my mother took me to my first game, and I can still remember where we sat in the now old stadium with my feet dangling and eating a hot dog and Cracker Jacks, which was really a treat for me because my mother only allowed me to eat candy on special occasions. But I remember it being a sunny day. I remember it being a fun day, and I remember my mother's favorite player at the time being Thurman Munson. And this was back in, well, sometime in 1970. And we left the Bronx in 1972. So there wouldn't be any in-person games until the late 80s after I finished college. By then, I would take her to the games. And it became a tradition that we maintained almost every year thereafter when she'd come to town for her spring visit. We even got in a few games in the new stadium where I was able to have them surprise her with a happy birthday message on the Globetron or the Globetron. Um, But here's something you should know. My mother didn't just enjoy baseball by watching the Yankees, like me. She played softball as well. And then she became an umpire. And for many years, she was the only female softball umpire in all of Western New York. In fact, the Cattaraugus County Baseball Umpires Association gave her and a few other veteran umpires an award just two months before she died. I was just so grateful of the timing of when that happened. I share this backdrop not only to shout out my mother yet again, but to set the stage for why I am just absolutely delighted by some recent announcements in baseball as it pertains to women. First, there was a New York Times headline which brought the widest smile to my face and to my heart. 
It read, the first black woman to coach in pro baseball thanks her mother for the job. It was a profile of Bianca Smith, and it just gave me all the feels. Bianca works for the Red Sox, and we will forgive her for that. (laughs) But she, too, inherited her love for baseball in general, and the Yankees in particular from her mother, a lifelong Yankees fan. Like me, her mother took her to her first game when she was very young. In her case, she was three. And like me, her mother died of cancer. Bianca is breaking barriers in much the same way as Kim Ng did last fall when she became the first full-time general manager for a major league team, the Marlins. And guess where she got her start? You guessed it, the Yankees, where she was the assistant general manager for three years. I think of these women, my mother, Bianca, Kim, and I am reminded of how their firsts made history, broke barriers, and certainly opened doors. And it just makes me proud and really, really grateful. And yes, there are absolutely firsts in other sports, but I don't follow those other sports or teams, so I don't have the same sort of affinity uh, for them as I would in this instance as it pertains to baseball. And with the exception of the last two you know, COVID years, I've kept up the tradition of taking in a Yankees game or two each season. And every now and again, I will still catch a game on TV. And while doing so, I often imagine what my mother would say about the current player stats, who she thought was fine, like Aaron Judge, (laughs) or how she felt about an ump's call. And, you know, like music, our love for the Yankees and baseball was an incredible bond between my mother and me. But I've come to appreciate baseball for its lessons off the field, too. And so today I'm hopping in your ear to share nine, because, you know, there are nine innings in a regular baseball game. And the first one is the power of a team. Baseball is like any other sport, including individual sports like tennis and golf, in that it requires a team. Yes, you see players and coaches on the field and in the dugout, but there are other team members who are more in the background. The same is true for you and me. Success in business and life is a team sport, and though you and I may be in the front, there are probably a lot of folks in the background that are aiding us in our uh, success. Second inning, gotta have patience. All sports require talent and strategy, but baseball, that requires a patience like no other, and it requires a patience from both the players and the fans because it usually takes three to four hours for a nine-inning game, and and then there are those rare occasions when it can extend beyond this window and go for a really, really, really long time. Unlike some, you know, sports where the – the end of the game is really driven by a time clock. In baseball, it's driven by when it is over, i.e. when all of the nine innings or extra innings have been completed. 
And so that leads us to the third inning. And that is pressure and focus. Because when we think about the time span of how long it takes to play a game, the players are under immense pressure and they need to be laser focused. Each time a player is up at bat, the pressure is on to be fully present, but not just for the batter, (laughs) for everybody. The batter has to stay focused on his hitting strategy. The pitcher has to be focused on his pitching strategy. Both need to be aware of what's going on on the field. Are, are any players on base? Are any in scoring position? How many outs are on the board? And the outfielders, they have to be on guard against a wandering mind, especially if the game has been slow. So regardless of the position that's being played, there's a potential price to be paid if you lose focus. And guess what? The same is true for you and me. If we lose focus and if we don't practice patience. Fourth inning, adapt. Teams travel to play opponents. Opponents travel to play against them. And what this means is that there are continuously, or they are, I should say, continuously meeting new and sometimes unfamiliar members of other teams. They're playing in new environments and situations. And don't get traded during the season, because then that introduces a whole new bag of wax, right? And sure, you could argue, well, they get paid well to adapt. But that's not the point. This is. Baseball and all team sports are examples of instances where you don't always get to pick your manager, your coach, or your teammates. So throwing the ball to you, how do you adapt, especially in situations where you don't get to pick any or all of the other players in your world? Fourth inning, failure and success. Failure looks like striking out, dropping the ball, throwing the ball too wide or too high. It looks like losing, and it doesn't matter if the final score is 7-1 to or 7-6. to Success is the opposite. It's hitting that home run, getting on base, robbing the hitter of a home run because you caught the ball, throwing the ball to home plate and getting the runner out, winning the game. In either case, the goal is to lose and win with grace and to learn something from each that enables you to carry forward either to the rest of the game or to the next game. Kind of familiar, right? Next inning, guard your ears. Fans and non-fans alike, man, they can be brutal. The home team's fan can be harsh and unkind to the visiting team. And sometimes the home team's fan can be unforgiving, especially when a player is performing poorly. Learning to block out that noise regardless of the source, it's an important skill to have. And again, does this sound familiar? What do you do to block out the noise that isn't serving you and your goals? Seventh inning, never give up. The game truly isn't over until it is over. 
it is not smart, especially in baseball, to assume that a 7-1 to one lead at the end of the third inning, inning will be the same or wider by the time you get to the end of the ninth inning. I can't tell you how many times I thought the Yankees, quote unquote, had the game because of their strong start, only to end up losing the game in the end. But on the flip side, when the reverse happens, mm, that is so, so, so sweet. Eighth inning. This is a reminder to always take it one inning at a time. And it's kind of related to what I've just shared in terms of never giving up in that the game is truly played one inning at a time. So if you made any mistakes in the previous inning, you need to quickly learn, pivot, and move on. Likewise, it would behoove you to never assume that the game is in the bag until the game is over. You may think that that's a a repetition of uh, what I shared as the seventh inning, but I do see it as slightly different. And I can think of a hundred different ways that this applies to you and me in business and life. And for the ninth inning, that is the nine life lessons. Here's the mother of them all, courtesy of, well, my mother. You win some, you lose some, and some get rained out. Like I said, depending upon what disappointment I was sharing, this was sometimes my mother's retort. And I can tell you, I didn't always find this response really satisfying. Satisfying or not, today though, I actually find it grounding. Well, folks, This concludes my Women's History Month tribute series. If you missed any of the other episodes, you can catch up by listening to episode 77, where I feature two entrepreneurs, Madam C.J. Walker and Janice Bryant-Howrod. Episode 78, where I focus on two pioneering economists, or at least pioneering and inspiring in my eyes, Dr. Sadie T.M. Alexander and Dr. Julianne Malveaux. And then, of course, the last episode, which was a tribute entirely to my mother, and that is episode 79. I'll end today's tribute as I did the others, and that is with a question. Who is the woman in sports? either as an athlete or in management, who inspires you. Well, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. If you'd like to show appreciation for this podcast, this episode, please share it so we can reach more people. And before I leave your ear, I know it's still a few months away, but if you'd like to join us for the next Pricing Masterclass on Thursday, June 10th at 4 p.m. Eastern via Zoom, go to jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. Again, jacquettetimmons.com forward slash pricing dash masterclass. There you can get all of the details and if it's right for you, RSVP. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jaquette. 
Again, tremendous thanks for tuning into today's episode, listening all the way until the end, and I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Until next time, remember, it's about more than money. Oh, 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 oh,